Welcome to the Cosmic Dispatch, a show about celestial bodies, earth bodies, time experience, and the relationship between all of them. I'm your host, Corey Nakasue, and good afternoon. Hope all is well on this July 16th, 2023. Um, wow, I'm, I'm going to come right out and say it. This week looks gnarly. I am not a fan. It is tense out there. And like I think that we've been working up to this week for a couple of weeks. At least I have personally. <laughs> I feel like um, there have been a lot of tense conversations, interactions, um, people really hitting some boiling points. And sorry to say, um, I think we're just like, actually ramping ramping that up this week now that doesn't mean um, good things can't come out of this week and it doesn't mean that some people won't have a great time or possibly not notice anything at all everybody's different and doing different things in their lives um, for instance we're in the middle of a global climate crisis right um some people are having a spectacular time and some people are facing devastation but we're all experiencing it some are face to face with it and some are just reading about it in the news and some are blissfully unaware but we're all in it my intention with the weekly astro weather is to describe the weather and not tell you how to experience it um, there's so much going on this week, and we have a new moon in Cancer tomorrow. So today's astro weather, of which there is a lot, um, is going to be interspersed with some Cancer-inspired tunes as a way to say farewell and possibly reflect on the past few weeks of the season. But, as usual, before we check in with the astro weather, just want to remind you that if you would like to have a question answered on the air during one of our full moon shows, or sometimes we just do question and answer shows. So if you would like to have your question included, you can email us at thecosmicdispatch at gmail.com and you can stay up to date with all of our content on Instagram. And please subscribe to The Cosmic Dispatch on YouTube if you are a visual person or you like to read along with a transcript or closed captioning. Also want to alert you that there is a bonus episode that is available on YouTube um, that Mandy Sheeler and I just recorded. These bonus episodes are called Off the Chart, and it's been a while since we've done one. The Off the Chart episodes go deeper into a subject, and yet they're more casual in their structure, and the content might be a little more polarizing or mature in their subject matter. So the last episode that Mandy and I put together is a retrograde review where we discuss some of the observations we've made of Saturn and Pluto as they continue their retrograde journey. So check that out if you're interested. Okay, I have to like kind of warm up to get to get into this week's astrology. Um and I have a lot to cover, and I got some music to play, so let's do this. Okay, right up front, 
we have big things happening. Tomorrow, July 17th, the week kicks off with Mercury's square to Jupiter and the shifting of the lunar nodes. Huge deal. And the new moon in Cancer, all on the same day. Now, typically, the standard energy level of a new moon day is pretty low. Typically, new moons are very internal, reflective, and dark. It's a dark moon. It's low tide. But right before the new moon perfects, tomorrow afternoon, Mercury in Leo makes a square with Jupiter in Taurus. Mercury in Leo is already loud and expressive and extroverted and maybe even flashy but in this situation it's getting amplified by jupiter who might make it even more so and remember we're dealing with the fixed signs of taurus and leo so there's also an obstinacy involved these are loud unwavering statements and declarations and on the positive end of the spectrum uh, this could look like a decadent party or an arena style like rock concert with amazing sets and lights and costumes but this loud rock concert is going on right next door to this sensitive peace-loving homebody cancer new moon I see a situation of someone who really needs to be quiet right now, maybe even someone nursing some wounds, or maybe even someone who's a little paranoid or overprotective, trying to build a little cocoon around themselves, and then someone's having a raging party next door. Um, This is the setup for some real crankiness, obviously, but honestly, This Mercury-Jupiter square is the last of this Cancer new moon's problems. But before I go deeper into this new moon, I just want to say that this Mercury-Jupiter square is good if you need the confidence to make a bold statement or a grand sweeping gesture, romantic or otherwise, um, or if you want to push some boundaries artistically and All of those things make me think of the writers and actors who are on strike right now. But back to this new moon. Um, This new moon is applying to an opposition with Pluto in Capricorn. The sun actually perfects its opposition to Pluto on the 21st. So we have this tense new moon opposition with Pluto in play all week. What I don't love about this is it describes a situation of an abuse of power, power grabs and power dynamics with some people on one end looking to exploit or dominate and people on the other end trying to build a strong defense or maybe just hide. And because we're dealing with Capricorn and Cancer, we're looking at things that have history and precedent. It's like an old war or rivalry or some other unfair situation that gets riled up again. Um, This looks like an age-old tension between protecting institutions versus protecting individuals. Tension between um, like conventional 
just societal norms and personal needs. Best case scenario in this situation is we figure out how to write our own rules regarding personal safety or somehow become less dependent on outworn structures we find ourselves in relationship with. I also get the vibe of protecting new life. When something or someone is a newborn, it's incredibly vulnerable. And there's something in this lunation that looks like stepping up and being the defender of a very tender thing. And, you know, this tender thing is just starting to sprout in a very harsh environment. So what do you do to keep that thing or person safe? Also, this, this dark moon is at its apogee, um, meaning that it's, it's at its farthest point from Earth. So there could be this desire for comfort right now and the feeling that it's out of reach, like out in the distance or nowhere to be found. And there's the, the darkness. And to add... <laughs> To add to the drama of this day, the lunar nodes shift into the signs of Aries and Libra. When they do this, they come into a square aspect with the new moon and Pluto, creating what we call a grand cross. Because the lunar nodes are always moving in retrograde motion, the nodes enter Aries and Libra at 29 degrees. Pluto is at 29 degrees Capricorn and the new moon is at 25 degrees Cancer. So we have Aries, Libra, Cancer, and Capricorn. These are our cardinal signs. And that would make this configuration a cardinal grand cross. And if you're still having trouble picturing this, imagine drawing a line going from Pluto to the new moon and then drawing a line going from the north node to the south node and then drawing those two lines so they make a cross. Um, That is a lot of energy and it's cardinal which means it has thrust, it takes action, it starts something new and that's what this new moon is branded with. The moon's nodes symbolize a whole change in trajectory. Pluto symbolizes the death that leads to rebirth, and the Cancer new moon is usually about protecting and nurturing something tender. So this this represents a loaded beginning of something. So just um, take note of anything that is starting this week or over the next couple of weeks. So, by now you may be wondering, what's a lunar node and why is it so important? Well, the nodes of the moon, in short, are where the eclipses happen. For the last 18 months, they've been in Scorpio and Taurus. For the last 18 months, big picture, we've been learning lessons through the axis of life and death, possession and obsession, emotional security and material security, Venus and Mars. 
starting tomorrow for the next 18 months we're going to be learning our big lessons through the signs of Aries and Libra the Aries Libra axis is about relationship and individuation animal instinct and cultivated intellect and brutal honesty and diplomacy and again Venus and Mars if I want it to be ham-handed and simplistic about this I'd also include war and peace but it's more complex than that um, with the nodes we're dealing with an axis I really fought the temptation in describing these with the word versus as in animal instinct versus cultivated intellect best case scenario we're not dealing with either or, but we're navigating the spectrum. There is a north node and a south node, and ideally they work together. I think we get in trouble when we think of them as separate, and we can really find some power in the interplay of the two. The north node is often referred to as the dragon's head, and the south node the dragon's tail. Things go into the dragon's head, its face, <laughs> right? And things come out of the dragon's tail. The north node is moving into Aries. So we're going to probably experience an amplification and desire for the things contained within the Aries archetype. We might seek out opportunities to explore our individuality and pioneering instinct and possibly our aggressiveness and competitiveness. With the South Node in Libra, we'll probably care less about compromise, negotiation, harmony, and rationality. Libra is the voice of reason and looking at things from all perspectives. We might be ready to release the parts of Libra that aren't working out for us so well like when like when do those libra types of efforts keep us from more riskier pursuits that need to happen more daring pursuits that need to happen maybe even more selfish pursuits um that that actually need to happen so something can get off the ground and as we're all going to get a little more brave about playing with Aries fire a lot of us will get burned and that's okay once in a while that's how we learn things and in the end that's what this is all about learning experiencing all the different parts and phases of life and ourselves. I'll be diving way deeper into Aries and Libra at the lunar nodes as we start to move into eclipse season, and that would be in October. But just know the nodes are working all the time. They just happen to be loudest during the actual eclipse. So, so yeah, people, that's, that's just the astrology of tomorrow. There's a lot going on this week, as I said, um, and we're not done with the weekly forecast weather yet. Um, 
But let's bring the focus back to this Cancer new moon that's perfecting tomorrow afternoon. And this, our last week of Cancer season. So Cancer cancer gets tagged for their sentimentality and neediness and protective and defensive ways. And Cancer is incredibly sensitive. But do not underestimate Cancer. There is so much power in all of these things. A strong enough emotion will always win over intellect. Um, History and the past and the power of memory can hold some people hostage their whole lives. A strong enough connection to the past or to those you love, all that deep feeling can motivate some truly heroic acts and glorious inventions. Invention is not a word we typically um, use in conjunction with the sign of cancer. But let's not forget that the creation and sustenance of life itself is cancer. Cancer is the primordial waters of life. It also represents the tenacity of the past and memory. And it makes me think of the famous F. Scott Fitzgerald uh, quote from the end of The Great Gatsby. So we beat on boats against the current, borne back ceaselessly into the past. I think that's probably one of the best sentences ever written. So... In the first half of the show, I I broke down the astrology for tomorrow as best as I could. Um, I could I could have dedicated a whole show to tomorrow's astrology alone, but there's more. Um, we have two other powerful configurations perfecting on the twentieth. We have the Sun's trine to Neptune and Mars's opposition to Saturn. The Mars-Saturn transit alone is enough to make this the hardest week of the month. But in conjunction with the cardinal cross I described at the top of the show, this week looks like a ton of sticking points and the grinding of gears. And if you've ever heard gears grind, you know that's not fun. Um... Now, there is sort of a balm here, and that would be the sun in Cancer making a trine to Neptune in Pisces. Now, I say sort of because it's still applying to an opposition with Pluto. So it looks like a situation where we're wanting to really open up our hearts and our imaginations that would be sun neptune but because we open things up so much we hit a place that's really sore or has been shut down for a while and when that place is poked we get some sort of eruption now eruptions might feel unpleasant but if something has been suppressed for a long time an eruption could be a release or a catharsis Um, this looks like a real pimple popping moment and as for Mars as as far as the Mars Saturn opposition is concerned that that takes place on the same day 
the grinding of the gears. Um, we're looking at a situation of wanting to make a big effort to get something done, take action, make something work, be proactive, and coming up against resistance. Cue the gear grinding noise. Um, Mars in Virgo might see the whole world as a big problem right now and try to take the whole thing on, get overwhelmed, and then feel bad about itself for failing to repair everything. But Saturn in Pisces is too big and heavy and right now like lugubrious to budge. I think of a, a wet Saturn just trying to envelop this very spunky workaholic Mars and trying to convince it that it's not worth the effort. And in this case, I think it's best for Mars to try to find just one detail at a time to focus on instead of feeling like it has to take on the whole of Saturn's situation in one go. You can get some things done now, but it's going to be by chipping away at something, just bit by bit. And if conversely you're in the position of Saturn and you're just trying to take it slow or hold something in place, this influence from Mars might feel like someone just constantly needling you. Um, but it might actually do you some good to take maybe one piece of advice or um, let Mars push one thing into place for you and then reassert a boundary if you like. Um, this is always an uncomfortable situation, but we could get some good results from it if we can figure out how to slow down, do a little at a time and give something or someone a small chance before we shut them down completely. Um, in short, I think this is really a transit about baby steps. So we are coming towards the end of our time together and I just want to let you know that I'm not including two other major events that technically happen this week. <laughs> they perfect on Saturday and those would be the long-awaited Venus station retrograde and the sun's entrance into Leo. I'm going to cover those next Sunday. Just wanted to give you a heads up that those two events and their big ones cap off this week. Just adding to the fun. Um, well, that's all I have for today. Um, wishing you a great week. Please take it easy and I will see you next time. The Cosmic Dispatch is a weekly show that uses astrology as a catalyst for conversations with people from all walks of life. An exercise in making astrology an accessible part of your week. You can find out more about my work at www.astrologybycory.com.